Coulter, I was in Bozeman for the Bobcat game a couple of weeks ago, and while I was there, I went over to the corner of Jackrabbit and Baxter and headed into the brand new Cathedral of Guns, Selway Armory. It was absolutely phenomenal. Their new store in Bozeman is everything you want and more, including a Sig Sauer store right in the Selway Armory store. Got a c- some confusion from a couple people that listen to this podcast. They said, what is Sig Sauer? <laughs> and they spelled it like cigarette. But, no, we're talking Sig Sauer, like S-I-G-S-A-E-U-R. Some of the best handguns you'll find anywhere. They're experts when it comes to Sig Sauer's, as well as all other handguns, as well as all other firearms. Locations of both Missoula and Bozeman. Get your butt to that new Bozeman store. It's a beautiful store, unbelievable inventory, and those guys are experts. They'll help you find whatever it is you need. Hunting season, recreation, we all have people on our Christmas list, or maybe it's you yourself. Yes, I must say, once in a while it's nice to get your own self a present. You go in there, all of the guns, ammunition, accessories that you could imagine in culture, as you mentioned. Absolute experts. They know everything there is to know about the entire inventory they've got. Online, SelwayArmory.com. Montana is a gun enthusiast state. It's a hunting state. And Selway Armory is Montana's firearm superstore. Take the Selway Armory Challenge. Shop with Selway Armory for a year. Guarantee you're going to save money over the big box stores or anywhere else you might shop. Do yourself a favor. No matter where you're from in Montana, if you're making your way through southwest Montana, go see that new Selway Armory. And if you're in Missoula, go check out their location out Stockyard Road. Selway Armory, great products at a great price, along with world-class customer service. Okay, so a couple quick comments on the uh, the Southern Utah game. Obviously, um, <laughs> probably didn't really see that coming, uh, especially the way Southern Utah was playing coming into that game. They'd really played well against Weber State. It was a 7-7 game going into the fourth quarter there in Ogden. Uh, played well against uh, a good UC Davis team at home and then, um, you know, really kind of got after Idaho State uh, a week ago. And Idaho State had obviously, you know, had done some good things early in the season. And so uh, I think just all – Three phases kind of clicked in that first half defensively, able to create some takeaways, create momentum, offensively capitalized on those immediately. And uh, the floodgates just kind of opened. I don't know, we just about whatever we did in the first half seemed to work. And uh, that's a, it's easy to call games like that. And so, uh, you know, proud of the way our guys responded from a couple of weeks of uh, tough losses and uh, kind of get back to, uh, it was good to get back home to Bobcat Stadium in spite of a lot going on with high school playoffs and, uh, and hunting season, we still had a really good crowd, and, and we always really appreciate that. And so our internal players of the week, our, our scout players on defense, uh, giving our defense a good look. Cole Ulster, young man from down in Colorado, actually, uh, did a nice job helping us get ready for those guys this week. On special teams, Austin Graff, and on uh, offense, giving our, our defensive guys giving our offense a look, a guy named Rylan Ort, uh, who is a kid that is consistently impressed throughout, um, had, a, had a little bit of elbow uh, surgery back in fall camp and it's uh has gotten better and better all the time so excited about those three young men making contributions uh defensively really good day i mean you know when you get to the third string quarterback you probably had a pretty good day and so uh you know they really weren't able to run the ball on us uh or kind of turned it loose got back to some uh, some aggressive pass rush did not have to bring a lot of pressure because um you know our front guys were doing a pretty good job of winning their one-on-ones and so our internal defensive players uh, Josh Hill, I think, played as well as he's played in a while. I had some uh, really impactful plays, forced a turnover, tackled well in the open field. I think we're a better defense with him out there just because of his command of the defense. And uh, Amandre Williams, who uh, I was talking to Amandre today. And it's funny how these guys, 
Madre was a, you know, he was he was a Division One football player, big time player, and uh, for whatever reason, didn't really get his opportunity to get those snaps at Washington. And you can just see this guy, you know, better and better and better the more he plays, and he's really playing at a high level right now. And so uh, um, excited for what he's going to continue to do for us. Kyle Finch stepping in at long snap for the second consecutive week, our special teams player. And then on offense, Lane Sumner, who I think if we had kept fedding him, probably would have easily had over a 100-yard day, um, as well as the, the production that he had in our, our little screen game. And so uh, he played really well, kind of filling in for Isaiah. And uh, we didn't want to give Logan too much of a workload going in. One of the things we talked about was kind of getting out of this every single rep, taking a running back in, putting a running back out. I think that really hurts the flow of our offense. And we talked with Denarius about that a little bit and kind of settled in on Lane. And Logan is our primary backs this week. And you can see the guy's got some shake in the open field. He's got loose hips. He's faster than you think. And he did a really nice job. So with all that being said, it's kind of on to Northern Colorado. Uh, tough place to play. You know, I think uh, a big win for them on the road last week at Idaho State and uh, create, I think, a lot of momentum for them. I really like um, you know, I like the Nip kid. Their quarterback is a really good player. I really like this kid. I think he's a big, strong kid. He's an accurate passer. He's got some good targets to throw to. Um, they have a bounce down from Wyoming, the uh, Milo Hall kid, that little running back. He's a really good inside zone runner. Uh, that's what they do with him. When they had the track kid, they were, you know, they set up about five or six vertical shots a game to, to him. Now it's more similar probably to what we saw against North Dakota. A lot of RPO. Uh, inside zone, some tempo. Those are the types of things that you see, and I think the Nip Kid does a really nice job of operating it. Primary primary targets, uh, number 10, uh, the Fairman Kid, he's got the, I think he's their true speed guy. They do a nice job of creating matchups because they'll move their speed guys into the slot, and if you play quarters coverage on them, you're basically going to get a safety man-to-man -man on their speed guy. And they've, they've taken advantage of everybody they played in that regard. Uh, other targets, 13 and 17, some taller guys on the perimeter that they use in a variety of ways. Defensively, multiple fronts. Um, Kind of depends on who the style that you're playing, whether you're going to see the three down front or the four down front. When, when they, as they settle into the game, you see more four down. Uh, about your standard 30% blitz team, more fire zone, not a ton of zero coverage. Although if you do get into heavier sets, two tight ends, three tight ends, they will get in and crowd the box and play zero coverage. And so there's some uh, opportunities, I think, there. I really like the, the Gonzalez kid, 53. I think he's got a high motor, one of their best interior defensive linemen. Uh, uh, senior captain, the Nelson kid at linebacker, number 29. You can tell he's the leader of that group. Everything kind of goes through him in the communication. And then number five, I think he had a pick six and uh, actually had two interceptions, a pick six, and a forced fumble against Idaho State. So he had a huge game last week, but he shows up consistently on tape. He's a 6'1 senior corner, uh, really good athlete, and uh, is, is a guy you got to be aware of all the time when he's on the field. And so. Um, and then in the, in the return game, I don't know, it seems like Northern Colorado always has a guy you got to worry about. And so they got their backup running back as their primary uh, punt returner, number 22. And he's kind of a different body type than most punt returners. He's a, you know, 5'7", 190-pound guy. And so he's a powerful runner. He can break tackles. He's also back there on kickoff return. And then number 10, uh, the Fairman kid, the, the, their primary receiver, is their kickoff return. And they always seem to have some speed guys back there that can give you some concern. And so they've been explosive in the return game. And, um, you know, we got to – Got to go down there and, again, have that one game at a time mentality and go prepare to play our best game against, uh, against this group. So with that being said, I'm happy to take any questions. You guys have played against a lot of older quarterbacks this year, Cookus, uh, Thompson, and now Nip is another one that's been around for a long time. What's the challenge there? You just see the field so well. I mean, you can see he's got a, such a comfort level with what he's doing. 
Um, I think you've got to be smart about mixing coverage. If they see the same thing three or four times, they're going to find a matchup that works for them. Um, whereas with a younger quarterback, you can probably show them the same thing three or four times and, and get away with it. But uh, he, he, goes, he goes through his reads and his progression, but he's decisive too. And he's not, he's not afraid to run. He's had an injury history, but that doesn't seem to deter him from, uh, from pulling the ball down and going. And he's, uh, he's definitely been, a, been an issue for people in that regard too. I mean, I, I think he does compare favorably. He's, he's a bigger guy, I think, than the Thompson kid, but I think he's a similar player. Pro football focus has him as the number one quarterback in the Big State Conference. As far as pro prospect, do you see that in his talent? He's definitely got prototypical size and arm strength. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, you can, um, you know, obviously the, the one of the things that they're going to look at is win-loss record. I don't think that's all on him. I think this guy operates the system very well, and uh, he's, he's a talented guy. I mean, I, I, I like the kid. I mean, he's, uh, like I said, he kind of reminds me of the Thompson kid, only bigger, maybe a bigger arm too. Not quite as good a runner, but is capable. In a game like Southern Utah where you guys are 21 nothing, they've only run seven plays, yeah. Obviously, that's a huge advantage for you guys, but did, when you're looking back on the game, does it take away from some of the evaluations that you guys operated and managed to be differently? The whole yeah, you know, I mean, you get to the second half and you're kind of like, we got a lot of stuff we can do here that is going to be good, but we don't really need to use it. Right. And, uh, and not only that, but we don't really need to see this guy out there anymore. We don't need to see this guy out there anymore. Um, and so I think you just got to be smart. And, uh, and, you know, the other thing is, <laughs> I mean, you do this long enough, you get on both sides of those deals. And, you know, I mean, I think Demario's a good football coach, and I think those kids uh, had a tough day at the office. And uh, there was no reason to, to prolong it. I mean, everybody's like, why'd you go for it on fourth down? Because the clock stayed running, that's why. You know, I mean, you know, and I was sick and tired of media timeouts, so you know, we keep them <laughs> off the field. But, um, yeah, no, I think that's just, I mean, it, 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 like this league is nuts, right? I mean, they do what they did to Idaho State a, a week ago, and you're like, oh my gosh, what do we got coming in here? Steamroller, you know, they're getting their kind of finding their groove and getting their momentum. And, you know, for whatever reason, that just the ball bounced our way early and got rolling, and that was kind of it. And so. What do you think it'll take for Tucker to keep up that production that he had? Yeah, I think, I mean, he and I had a meeting this morning, and, and Casey and, and Ruben as well, and we just kind of went through the game um, about, you know, 15. 12, 15 plays, and I'm just like, you know, hey, this is awesome. This is what I'm talking about here, okay? Looking off the safety, you know, pulling him to the left, throwing the ball to Jaden to the right here. This is what we need you to do. Great job up and down throwing the mojo to, that we hit uh, Derek Snell on to get some momentum going on a drive. And then I'm like, no, what the heck is this? You know, and so we still have those moments where, hey, this is a really simple, easy read and throw, and we're just not operating it the way we need to. I mean, you know, you want to talk about hitting on all cylinders. Let's remove those five to seven plays a game from – from his game where it's like, you know, a bad throw to an open receiver, um, you know, the wrong read, you know, not, not baiting the guy quite enough on a screen or something like that. There's still a lot of nuances. And it's not just a quarterback position, but that's one of the things I talked about with our team yesterday. Is at this point in the season, nobody stays the same. Nobody. You know, you're going to either you're going to either get worse or you're going to get better. And the teams that that make a playoff run and do well in November are the teams that get better. And uh, it starts with you as an individual, and then it bleeds into your unit, and then the team as a whole. And so there's tons of room for improvement. And you know, and and it's kind of crazy because man, he does some really good things. There's some times you're like, man, that's a really good football play. That's outstanding. And then there's some times where you kind of like, you know, the head scratchers a little bit. And, and then you think back, and it's probably what his, you know, 12th game he's ever played in at college football. And maybe not even that. I'd have to do the math. But, you know, he's not, it's not like this is a guy who we're talking about, a veteran quarterback that has played six years like the Nip Kid or like Thompson or, you know, these guys. And so um, I think that we want it right now, there's no doubt. And we've got to continue to see that improvement. 
but I think that he's operating within the offense better and better each week. Mitch finding improvements, what do you think goes into kind of, you know, you as a coach, uh, it, it seems like, it, you know, if the team has found a rhythm uh, in November, um, you know, what do you think kind of goes into that from your perspective? I think it's a lot of things, you know, I think it's a lot of things that um, staying focused on the process, not worrying about things you can't control. I mean, I would not have known, and this sounds, I know it's going to sound ridiculous, I didn't know we were ranked until Bill threw the the um, the uh, scout or the the stats on my desk. So I come in on Sunday morning. Oh, you know, SUU versus number whatever Montana. I just you know, I really do not listen to outside noise because you can't. I mean, you just cannot. I, I can't imagine what my life would be like, how miserable miserable I would be, you know. And and conversely, how quickly you would lose track of reality and focus if you listen to the good things that are said about you on a good week and the bad things that are said about you on a bad week you've just got to have some balance and I think maybe that starts with me is not not really talking about that stuff or not bringing it to the table just focusing on what we have to do in the moment to get better and uh, that that's what you got to do in November football you can't worry about what's going to happen three weeks from now you got to happen about worry about right now today and so you know Northern Colorado is a really really big game for us and we've got to be focused on them. What do you like about Braden Conkle right now, just versatility-wise? Seems like he can pull him up into the box. He can he can play, you know, cut in coverage. Yeah, he's a better cover guy than people than people think. He's long. Um, maybe doesn't have that, you know, you know, four, five, forty speed on the clock, but he's he's got really tight feet. He does a nice job in coverage, and uh, and he's got that linebacker mentality. You know, so playing in the box isn't foreign to him. He's a good blitzer. Um, he's a good open field tackler. I've said that for a number of years. I really feel like he's a really good open field tackler. And uh, it creates some opportunities for us within this league, you know, like whether it was Southern Utah last week or these guys. I mean, we'll see a bunch of empty from these guys this week. And number one, it's what they do. And number two, I think that fits how they may want to attack us. And so um, how do you match that up? Well, you can't do it with, you know, I mean, I love Callahan, but Callahan is going to have a hard time matching a slot and empty or covering one of their little scat running backs. And so, you know, having Troy with his athleticism and his diverse ability, as well as Braden to be able to get in the box and their linebacker have linebacker presence and linebacker body types, but have the ability to run with guys on the perimeter. I mean, how would you describe uh, Derek Marks' leadership style and maybe how that might help him poke, you know, after the balls? Yeah, well, lead by he's a total lead by example guy. I mean, if there's anybody, I know a few years back we talked about this con commitment continuum, and you know, on one side is is uh, resistant, and on the other side is is uh, you know, you're, you're so committed that you're, you're willing to cheat to win. Well, that's not a good thing either. So either level of, is not good. And when we talk about who the most committed guys in our program were, and just about everybody, you know, mentioned Derek's name. And, uh, and I think he's been that guy for a long time. I mean, he's a great teammate. Uh, I mean, just a phenomenal person, but a great teammate. He really cares about the guys in that locker room. And he's a, he's a, a guy that can be there to lift guys up. But as far as a guy that goes out and practices the right way, he's one of the hardest workers we have in our program. When one of your best players is also your hardest workers, that, then that sets the stage for everybody else. And I think that's one of the reasons why that D-line room just kind of continues to, you know, continues to produce because the guys that have stepped into leadership roles, we lose three great players that were all seniors last year. Well, in steps, you know, Derek. And, and it was awesome because Bryce is fine with Derek being the alpha. You know, he's fine with Derek being kind of that guy because he's a good lieutenant. 
And then you got a guy like Jason Scrimpos who's come in and has stepped right into his role and has bought into that. And you got a Marcus Ferreter who's, again, a guy that's a great lieutenant, and it just works. And so I think that dynamic has been awesome. And I think a lot of it goes to the, the fact that Derek's such a humble guy uh, and uh, is such a team guy. Yeah, that hip thing during fall camp was freshman year, but he told me that he hasn't missed a practice since. How rare is that? Yeah, for a defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman, it's pretty rare because those guys get beat up, you know, day in and day. I mean, I kind of laugh because. I think I said this story one time, but, you know, Kane, I get here and, like, my first three trips around, you know, we go see Baloo Chapman at Bozeman High and he's on a scooter and then we go see Derek at, in, over here in Belgrade and he's got his whole body in this, you know, hip cast looking thing and then we go over to Huntley Project and, and Michael Jobman's in an arm deal. I'm like, what, what are we doing here, man? And, uh, and, you know, two of the three, you know, obviously Baloo unfortunately wasn't able to continue playing, but... Uh, still around the program and an awesome kid, and the other two guys have been major contributors to us for us. So, you feel like you guys kind of have that confidence back following those two straight losses, and, and how important is that to kind of keep moving forward late into the season? Yeah, I think that's. I mean, you, you know, college football is an interesting deal. You're dealing with these 18 to 22 year olds, and there's so many different things that can happen. You know, think about some of the bounces. And, and the calls and way things could have been different for us two weeks ago. And regardless of whether you win by two or 20, it doesn't matter, you know. Um, and so definitely coming home and getting a win, I think, is important. I mean, that was a huge game, you know. Now, whether we won by two or, you know, 35, it doesn't matter. But um, the way the game – I think it almost played out perfect because we can talk about all the good things that we did and how we played together as a team and rose together as a team. And then we can say, yeah, but look at this stuff in the second half we got to get better at, you know. And so – um, it allows us to have those teachable moments, but I think it's very important to have momentum going down the stretch, no doubt about it. You know, I mean, it's harder the other way around. Daniel uh, Hardy seems to be getting a little more time making some plays this past week. How have you seen him kind of improving? Daniel is a gifted young man, and one of the most, he's a, very, he's a pleasure to have in the program. I did make fun of him. I said he went to the Halloween party on Saturday night as a missed opportunity um, <laughs> with the, the pick six that he dropped, but. Uh, we have a we have a good relationship, so I can give I, I can rib Daniel. But I think I mean I think that one of the, one of the problems that we have a little bit is that Daniel backs up Troy, and we make this comment all the time like we got to get Daniel on the field more. You know this guy's going to have an impact for us, and we need to have him going a little bit more. And so, um, and it's tremendous luxury. You know Troy, I think it's well documented. He has not always been 100% this year, and so uh, I think it's been a good transition for for Daniel because next I mean he's going to be the guy next year. I mean he's going to have to be a guy that we that steps in and has a uh, you know, a down-in, down-out impact on this team, and he will. And again, you know, not unlike Derek, just a guy that's a tremendous teammate, yes or no sir kid, very uh, just a just an awesome kid to be around, and it's fun to see him start to have some success. Going through the things that he did, just what kind of perseverance have you seen from him too? Right? Yeah, it, it always amazes me because there's so many of our guys, I think sometimes people in the public may know uh, some of the challenges that kids face, but not always. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing when you think about – I think about my 18 or 19 or 20-year-old self and how would you handle that if you lost, you know, lost your, your father, your mother. Um, we're dealing with what Lewis's kid's dealing with, with his mom. Um, and we have a lot of kids like that. When these kids tell their stories, man, it's impressive to see where they are and what they've been able to accomplish given some of the things that are stacked up against them. And they've had every excuse. And they have. And instead they've decided, hey, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity to better my life. I'm going to, you know, get out of my comfort zone and come to Bozeman, Montana. And so I, I have the utmost respect for anybody that does this. You know, what we ask these kids to do is hard. 
but in some respects, some of these young men that have come from uh, from tough backgrounds or had to deal with some tough circumstances, it uh, you know it makes you really respect them even more. What's your evaluation of the special teams so far this year? It's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, I think we've been, you know, I think Tristan's made most of the kicks we expect him to make. Um, we've asked him to kick some long ones, so his numbers maybe aren't as good as they could be otherwise. But uh, you know, you'd like to see him hit a couple of those. I mean, obviously we had some disasters two weeks ago. We don't field a punt that ends up on the inch line, and then we, you know, blow a protection and end up having that uh, that cost us the game in a lot of ways. Um, but we've also made some plays. I mean, you know, at times Jared Padmas has been lights out, and uh, you know, I think that's an area where, you know, like in this last game, I mean, <laughs> the opening kickoff, I'm. It's, I mean, how we don't at least get out to the 50 on that one, I don't know. But, you know, our, our returners have got to do a better job of seeing what's available. I think that we've uh, – our skill level has improved. But uh, there's still a lot of plays out there, I think, that we can make in that phase. Davis has been so steady. Have you thought about life without him? Because he's been the only punter he's really had. So yeah, you know, well, we'll see. We've got uh, – we've, we've gone out and spent some money on some specialists in the recruiting process. And – and uh, we're excited to see what the what the next iteration of uh, of the punt game is here at Montana State. Mushy Pilar, what's his status right now? Right now, he's probably going to redshirt. I would think. Does playing on grass factor into preparation at all? Yeah, it does. It does because this isn't like going and playing on the Bermuda stuff that we saw, you know, a couple weeks ago. Like we actually had the conversation: Do we plow the field today? With the hopes that it's you know it's still going to be hard enough that it's not just going to be a mud pit out there when we move around. We just said it's better to just go you know practice on good footing. I don't think it's going to do us any good the rest of the week because as it gets warmer, it's just going to be a mess once we start moving around on it. So we will go down there. We I don't always go to the venue, especially when it's nothing to write home about, you know. And so, uh, but we'll go to this venue. I want to get on the grass and, and move around a little bit and uh, have our guys kind of get used to it. It's supposed to be a nice day. Um, and so that'll be good, but we just got to – this grass is different than a lot of other natural grass surfaces that you play on. A team that was struggling coming off of a win for the second straight week, so the fact that you guys had the same situation, though, a repeatable message to the guys, I assume. Yeah, dangerous team. You know, I mean, I think they're a very dangerous team, and they play well at home. And so that's, you know, that's something that in this league, you know, it's always interesting. The dome teams play well at home. And then you have a couple of these, like Southern Utah really plays well at home. Northern Colorado plays really well at home. So you you, you just can't you can't let your guard down. I mean, this is, this is a big game for us. We've got to prepare, you know, accordingly. Now that Chuck Way has been here for over a year, just how does he kind of fit into the, the team dynamic but also the defense? Really well. I mean, he's a, another kid I think that, you know, he's kind of got an interesting story. But he's been awesome about, uh, you know, buying into the culture here, being appreciative of getting a second chance and has been an important part of our team. And he's, you know, he's, he's well-liked in the locker room. And, you know, those guys get along. And so I think that, that matters, and that's important. And how could you describe that partnership between him and Braden back there? I think it's kind of a three-headed monster, really. I think JoJo Henderson's a guy that probably is playing as well as those other two guys and is just not maybe getting as much run. Um, but those three guys have been really, really good for us. I mean, we're going you know, to have to hustle to get, you know, to replace the, the – not just the production, but also the leadership and the, and the experience level when you have three seniors that are playing the way those three are. Coulter, the weather has turned. It is gnarly out there. It's gnarly on the roads. But in Montana, that doesn't keep us home. We go everywhere we got to go. You and I always travel in for football. I'm going to be headed to some other places for Christmas, all this kind of stuff. You know what gives me comfort? 
I know that I'm always about 11 feet from a town pump superstore. I mean, no matter where I am in the state of Montana, you got gasoline, you got all the refreshments you need, the kids got to have, you know, a, a, a packet of gum, some chips, some water to keep them going, keep them satiated and satisfied in the back seat. And you know what other S word? Silent. Shut them up, those kids. You go to town pump and you got yourself some peace and calm in the van ride. I, sh- I should pay them $1 million for what they've done for me. I always set up that town pump right when you get over Homestake Pass. I write in rocker there because yeah. uh, I always run out of the spray fluid for the windshield. And the mm. semis are spraying on you. When it gets cold and icy and snowy like this, you got to have the right fluids in your car. And town pump's got that covered as well. And sometimes you need a beer for after the drive. So get yourself a six-pack, drink it when you get home, behave yourself. But it is. It's a great place no matter what you need. Fuel, food, caffeine, water, anything. And who knows, maybe you throw a dollar in the machine, you walk away a winner, too. I mean, you got all these different ways to recreate, stretch your legs on the highways. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a town pump near you. Town pump, Montana's best since 1953.